Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to a special episode of Today in Ohio, normally a podcast discussion of the news by editors at Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. This, however, is an experimental episode, a single topic discussion with a live audience. I'm Chris Quinn here with my colleague, Laura Johnston, and joining us are what we expect will be dozens of audience members whom we hope to bring into the discussion throughout. A word to the live audience that we suddenly have some odd dropouts while we're talking. It's just in this live portion. The platform does capture everything people say when we're recording. So the final podcast will not have those drops. Please bear with us. The aim of this discussion is to seek consensus on what might be in an amendment to the Ohio Constitution guaranteeing a right to choose abortion. With the U.S. Supreme Court expected to overturn Roe v. Wade and the Ohio legislature expected to outlaw abortion in the state, even though the majority of Ohioans believe it should be legal, we suspect the path forward might be a voter-approved amendment. To ask to join in, you should see a box that says live call-in in which you would type your first name, first name is fine, and the topic you'd like to discuss or just say, hey, I have something to say on this as we get to a part of the conversation you'd like to join. You don't have to do anything now. It says question, but don't worry about it being a question. We did send a framework around for this discussion, so you might want to wait until we get to the elements that you're most interested in to raise your hand. Before we get to the framework, Laura, one reader suggested we set the stage by making sure to define abortion. How about we keep this simple and define it as the termination of a pregnancy? What do you think? I think that is about the simplest way to put it, and um, hopefully we can all agree on it. Okay. If you if you have a thought that you're not ready to come on and speak about, do feel free to put it into the chat, which I think everybody can see. There should be a chat button in the upper right of your screen. Let's start out with the question of should we have a constitutional amendment at all, or after the legislature outlaws abortion, should we have a referendum to invalidate it, as state voters did with HB5 during John Kasich's run as governor? Invalidating it does not stop the legislature from passing another law. A constitutional amendment would lock the legislature in. Is there anybody that would prefer to go the referendum route rather than the amendment route? Anybody want to raise their hand to talk about that? Laura, what do you think? Oh, I think we should totally do an amendment if that, if in Ohio because we've seen what the state legislature does. And sure, they could pass it and we could overturn it. But then I think they would go right back and do it again. And I think when you're talking about an amendment, and we're going to talk about this in the podcast, 
you probably want to be as specific as possible because otherwise the legislature could do with it what they wanted. Well, that's that's the next topic. So let's go to that. If it is a, an amendment, you know, usually constitutional amendments are pretty simple. They just set out the right. So the amendment could be something that just declares a constitutional right for people to choose abortions in Ohio and leave it to the legislature to set the rules. There's a fear that the legislature would make that very, very difficult. So should the amendment be quite specific to prevent the lawmakers from imposing restrictions as it has been doing for years now to curtail the right? Laura, you seem to say <laughs> it should be as specific as possible. I wonder if anybody else has a thought about it. Yep, we have somebody who'd like to talk. Let's bring him in. Matt, you're on. Yeah, great. Thank you. And again, thank you for holding this forum. I think this is uh, critical to, to sit down and have a conversation. So so going back to the, the first point is I absolutely agree. It should be a constitutional amendment. You know, abortion is part of a comprehensive mel- uh, medical care. Uh, healthcare providers should be able to provide care to patients without undue influence from from outside parties, including politicians. Uh, and I, I agree with Laura that, you know, we can't we can't rely on referendums and courts to protect medical treatments like abortion. So it absolutely should be a a protected by a constitutional amendment. Uh, in terms of um, declaring, what, and, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. What about the idea of should it be very, very specific, laying out all the elements that we'll probably be discussing here in a few minutes, or do you think it should be more general and the lawmakers would then set the rules? So I think it needs to, so it needs to be generally specific, and, and I'll explain that. So I'm, I'm a registered nurse myself. Um, and I think it needs to be specific in, in that it allows healthcare providers to make the best decisions, best decisions for their patients or with their patients, I should say, in the context of research and evidence. So uh, the, the constitutional amendment needs to specify that, that the decision needs to be made between the patient and the healthcare provider or the, the healthcare team. Okay, that's an interesting perspective that the instead of putting in something specific like the, the you know, the first trimester or, or some number of weeks, you're saying this should be a consultation between the patient and the medical professional about the best way to proceed, that this should be based on on medicine, not what legislators would say or what would be put into the amendment. Absolutely. I, no, no two people are alike and no two pregnancies are alike. So to, to put something hard and fast, you know, 14 weeks, four days, five hours, whatever, uh, I, it's not fair because, like I said, no, no two people and pregnancies are alike. So that really needs to be a decision, you know, based on, on evidence and, and information gathered, you know, as part of an exam and, and through, you know, application of, of evidence and research. Well, Laura, that's an interesting way of approaching it. That would that would allow the amendment to not be incredibly detailed, which is always right. tough in a constitutional amendment, while still keeping the lawmakers' hands off of it because they would be removed from the decision-making. Well, I love the idea that it should be a decision with your medical provider, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I just have this fear that if we don't put specifics in, then there'll be some kind of law passed that ties the hands of medical providers. I just I keep thinking about the Ohio Redistricting Commission, and obviously a very different topic, but it was a referendum from voters passed overwhelmingly with very specific steps to follow to get fair, nonpartisan districts legislatively for the state of Ohio and look how that's ended up. I just 
I, I want to try and safeguard it as much as possible. Yeah, you're right. If if you said this is between the medical provider and the patient, that the lawmakers could put something into the state medical code that would start to restrict it. But maybe there's a way to insert into the amendment something that would block that. Mm-hmm. No, I think that I think that's a really interesting route to look at. And we would definitely need to, I mean, I don't write bills, right? I mean, there are people that do that. Um, But would be really interesting to talk to someone who writes bills and figure out how you could do that and try to keep it as, as he says, Matt said, uh, keep medical decisions away from outside influences, including politicians, because this is at its heart, a medical procedure. Matt, if you're still there, is this something that you had seen elsewhere or is it something that you came up with as a creative solution? No, this is something, you know, I've I've read through the American College of Gynecologists and Obstetricians last night. I read through some of their their text and their approach to this and, you know, looked at some other kind of resource information. Uh, And this was just something that came to came to me about midnight last night uh, of of a a novel approach to the solution or novel approach to the problem, I should say. Okay, really like that. Uh, thank you. Thanks for that, Matt. Is there anybody else that wants to to speak to this? If you do, just put your your name and raise your hand in the box that says live calling and we'll bring you on. Otherwise, we're going to move on to the next question. Laura, there are a couple of people in the chat who had interesting things to say, I thought, um, that the more specific, there are more reasons that trigger opponents and their votes. That's what Harvey said, that if you were super specific in an, uh, in an amendment, then anybody would find one issue they didn't like and then vote against it. And Marianne says this is very much a health care issue, mm-hmm. mental health as well as, well as physical health. Um, so, OK, that's uh, that's 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 good. That's a <laughs> that's a good place to be. Uh should there be, though, some hardline number of weeks at which abortion is no longer legal? I, as people signed up to participate in this, uh, some some mention the idea that there's there's a point at which the, the fetus is completely viable and they'd be very uncomfortable with an abortion at that point. You know, that's, again, getting into specifics and science changes over time. What what would be the best approach to to handling that? Is there anybody that would be interested in speaking to how an amendment would approach a limit? Or I don't see people raising their hands on that one. What do you I think? think this is, I think it's a really tough question. I think a lot of people agree with you that the idea of viability, which is a question mark of when that is, you would hate to... Obviously, this is a very difficult issue, but I I personally would have a very hard time supporting abortion for a baby who could be born and live outside the womb. Like, I find that very difficult. So I would be in favor of drawing a line somewhere. But I think what we talked about specifics there where that line is, is is a difficult um, point to be. Do you say it's the end of the first trimester, which is generally around 12 weeks? Do you say it's 20 weeks, which is generally about halfway through a pregnancy? I mean, babies can can be born premature, you know, at maybe 20, 22, 24 weeks and, and survive. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the whole issue, right? This is such a people have very strong feelings about morals when it comes to this. The, the, the problem with 
with what you just said, wouldn't that, with science constantly evolving, you'll come to a day where viability is very, very early on in the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. If if you use that as your standard, does that eventually outlaw abortion because viability based on the, the evolution of science would be almost immediate? That's a very good point. And every child is, and every every fetus and every woman is different, right? Like there are so many situations that you can say, and I, we're going to get to this later, but like, well, if, if this, then that, like if there's this illness, if there's this deformity, then, then the, those lines that we've drawn don't apply. So I think it's just very difficult, but, but I don't, I don't think that if you draw a line now, it can never be changed, right? Like I'd rather have something on the books that makes sense for the time we're living in and then go back and alter it later than just to have well, throw up your hands and say we can't we can't come up with anything. Harvey so. has come on the chat and said a hard limit must have exceptions for things like late discovery of chromosomal or other abnormalities incompatible with life. And he asked, what about gender choice abortions? Cindy's in the chat saying it's a difficult issue to specify because there are certain emergency medical procedures at any stage where the physician needs to save the mother or the child. And Matt says that gets back to his original point that this should be based on a conversation between people and their doctors. I do wonder, though, if there isn't some sort of hard limit whether that would make getting an amendment passed much more challenging that if that if the the opponents of this amendment were able to go out and say there's no limit you could have an abortion all the way up until the final days you shouldn't vote for this it might make it harder to pass i i agree and there i mean if you look at the numbers and i don't have them in front of me but the majority of of abortions are happening relatively early in the pregnancy we're not seeing a lot of abortions after you know i I don't even know the number but it's not like people are having abortions at 30 weeks on the regular like that's not happening i don't i don't think that's a problem that we need to solve linda says she thinks there should be a hard limit with exceptions and karen agrees that it should really be between the doctor and the patient uh the mary says an amendment needs to identify the right as a specific duration such as the first trimester. So we've got some some disagreement about what it should be. Chris and Laura, if I may. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, so I, I so I, I don't think that we should put a hard and fast number into an amendment. Um, you know, as I said earlier, no no two people or no two pregnancies are alike. Um, you, you know, in in the media and the po- political arena we use the term viability, but that's not actually a medical term. That's not something we use in, in healthcare. Um, and I just, again, kind of re- uh, reiterate the evidence and research needs to drive decisions made by a healthcare provider. You know, it, it's not so, you know, somewhere between 24 and 26 weeks that we really can kind of do some final final testing on fetus, uh, on, the, on the fetus to determine, you know, are there are there issues such as Down syndrome or other congenital defects or other things that, that you know, weigh into the, you know, weigh into on whether or not a woman wants to terminate pregnancy. So I, I think... There's just so many gray areas of confounding factors. I think if you put a hard number in the law or in the Constitution, you, you're hamstringing, you know, you're kind of tying the hands of a healthcare provider. Um, you know, that's, that's just my two cents. 
Yeah, but I get back to the question I had. If you don't have that, does it make it easier for those fighting the amendment to fight it? Matt, I'm not sure because we haven't done this before. If you remaining on the line blocks others from getting in, I'm not sure if anybody's trying. So I'm going to go ahead and hit the button to, to close your window. You, you, you stay on. You're just no longer able to talk because I want to see if others want to join. Thank you so much for, for participating. Your perspective has been very valuable. Okay, I, I don't I don't know that we're going to come to a consensus on this. I'm not sure I want to put that out on Poll EV because there does seem to be some disagreement and there'd be some legal strategizing involved. Uh, so maybe the, the best thing to do is to, to move on. It has been helpful, people weighing in in the chat. One of the things that's often discussed when it comes to abortion is whether there should be exceptions for rape and incest. That's generally discussed when when abortion is outlawed, should there be exceptions for rape and incest? We're talking about an amendment that recognizes the right to an abortion, so I'm not sure how much it plays into here, but we thought we should put the question on the table. Would the rules be different based on rape and incest? If Is there something that should be part of that discussion? And we have Pamela who wants to join us. Hi, pa Hello. Hello, Pamela. Um, I can say that I have been through the genetic counseling. I had two pregnancies that were late, and uh, I had the testing done for amniocentesis, uh, an amniocentesis done to check for chromosome problems or spinal bifida. And I had to go through um, and talk with the genetic counselor to help me decide what I was going to do or what I wanted to do if the test results came back um, with one of those issues. And how late in the pregnancy was that? I was, uh, I was 36 with the first and 39 with the second. So really late. Was, uh, yes. What, what, did you find the counseling to be, to be helpful in your decision process? Um, absolutely. I went through university hospitals. So it sounds like you'd be in the camp of this should be a conversation between the patient and the doctor as to what the best process is when you're having those kinds of tests late in the pregnancy. Absolutely, because you have the test and then you meet with the genetic counselor to talk over these things and you get the options and then you have some time to think it over because it takes a couple of weeks for the test results to come back. Okay, and that, that does fit with what some people were saying about hard, hard, uh, a hard line number, but with exceptions for things like this. Um, Dart. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember what the the timeline was. I don't know if it was sixteen or or twenty weeks that it couldn't be done past that date. I mean, this I'm t I'm talking like thirty some years ago. So I'm I'm sure the rules have changed um, regarding that issue. Okay, Linda has come on the chat and said she questions whether an amendment could pass without some limits, and that's probably right on the money. Dorothea says, what if the conversation is broader and encompasses reproductive health, which would include male and female contraceptives, their health care decisions between patient and healthcare professionals? What about HIPAA privacy? Uh, Marianne says, I think abortions at 30 plus weeks are not widely happening to her knowledge. And she do, does think there is need for discussion if there is widespread abortions happening at 30 plus weeks of pregnancy that there is a point of no return. Uh, Marianne feels that an abortion at any stage of pregnancy should be an option in cases of sexual violence or incest. 
the the twice victimization of a girl, teenager, or woman is completely unacceptable. Marion, I'd love it if you uh, you could join us to talk a little bit about how how that works. If that that if the decision is made much later in the pregnancy because of sexual abuse, um, what why that should be an exception? Why the the rules wouldn't apply? Uh, Pamela, I'm going to go ahead and let you go in case others are trying to come on. That's fine. Thank you very much for, for participating. Uh, Marianne says her system doesn't support the audio platform, so we might just get a chat from her. But I just wanted to add in that I can, what she's saying that the twice victimization of a girl, teenager, or woman is completely unacceptable and that by having to go through with a pregnancy and have a baby, you're victimizing a person who was raped. Um, and I... The thing with incest is that that would be happening to someone, I mean, uh, probably very young. And some some people wouldn't know that they're pregnant. You know, if if you have these limits on on time, you'd have to be aware that you you know of what was happening in your body. And that you you always hear of cases where people literally didn't know they were pregnant until they have a baby. And um, so I can see her perspective there. I think a lot of other people would feel that there's got to be a point of no return somewhere. But the point of no return sounds like in, in this argument would be different. Yeah. If, she's saying she doesn't think there should be a point of no return for any, for incest or rape victims that they shouldn't have to abide by the same rules. I'd love to hear what, what people think about that. And if they're using the poll EV or the chat, either way, what is there is the consensus that there should be a hardline number with exceptions for rape, incest, and learning of chromosomal damage, or no limits? Just this should be between health professionals and their patients, because we're we're getting a mixture of uh, thoughts here. And and again, the goal would be to to have the voters of Ohio pass this. Uh, and the people that are attacking it would be using scare tactics to try and make it sound like it's much scarier than it is. So you want to make it foolproof. And I'm just it's a it's a tough one. You're right, though. A young a young Marion says a young teenage girl may not know she's pregnant, get deep into it, realize it, knowing that it was sexual abuse or incest. And should they be held to some to some hard line? Um, a lot of the the people fighting abortion don't want to give exceptions even to prohibitions for rape and incest, but a lot of people do feel different. And then you want to talk about the health of the mother, right? I mean, a lot of times people would say, I believe in a hard line, except for in the instance where a mother could die, right? And so that, I mean, do you write that into the the amendment? Yeah. And, 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 you know, the next thing we wanted to talk about is should there be specific language for late term test results showing abnormal development? Matt spoke to that pretty eloquently. So have others. It sounds like um, people I don't I don't think I, we've heard anybody say no to that. I think everybody well, we've somebody, heard from somebody yeah. did raise the question about what about gender? Like if they find out the gender of the the, the fetus and they don't want that gender child. And I think. People have talked about this, right? Usually in IVF, that picking the gender of your child, that shouldn't be a decision you get to make. And I think that would probably rile a lot of people up if they think that you could have an abortion because you wanted the different gender child. I, I don't know how you address that, right? Like, I would hate to write into an amendment that you can't do that, but I hate to think people are doing it anyway. Well, and, you know, Ohio did pass the law a few years ago to say 
that abortion is prohibited if the mom is basing it on a test result that shows that down syndrome down syndrome which which was an odd odd law this this would be similar you'd be saying Mm -hmm. very specifically uh, that that abortion is a right but you, you you can't do it if it's for I don't know how you prove that because how I mean you could just say I, I don't I, I don't want to have a baby right now you know like if you're allowed to have an abortion period then can you tell them you can't have an abortion specifically for this reason I mean is it something you're checking a box about I don't know Mary says that the if the right is established for the first trimester then exceptions can be identified as needing additional controls for the second or third trimester, something like saving the life of the mother or, or these late tests that show that the, the, the incompatibility with life. That That's an interesting approach, Laura, that, that yes. you'd say there's an absolute right during the first trimester, and then there are clear exceptions for the latter trimesters. I just don't know that we can think of everything off the top, you know, not that it's off the top of your head, but can you put that all into writing, all of the exceptions? I wonder if we could create some kind of commission that's fully just healthcare providers and mental health providers, maybe some social workers, not politicians, that set the rules. I just, I've seen what happens when Ohio creates commissions and I'm cynical about them. I don't know, though. I, I, I mean, I get back to Matt. It, if you rely on the, medis- the medical professionals, the people mm-hmm. that know this, to help guide those, those exceptions, <clears throat> it's based on science instead of politics. It's like the battle we're having in the education system right now where politics is infecting the education system instead of educators make, making the determinations. If you did say, okay, first trimester, absolute right, the second and third trimesters will rely on medical science to to help guide us. That 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 that's not so specific as to be scary to the voter, but it does put a decent framework around. So maybe it's like the marijuana group that they're the ones coming up with the the maladies that you can get medical marijuana for. Dorothea says, it seems like medical ethics should drive this rather than politicians. Absolutely. And Pamela says, absolutely. Um, And Cindy says, why can't we rely on the person whose life is actually the life that is affected? How can we get, how can we really regulate someone else's morals with compassion? Again, great, great points here. Um, And Matt agrees with what Dorothea is saying. Andrew says the elephant in the room is the motivation for terminating the pregnancy. Medical reasons, rape, incest versus personal reasons. I believe in the right to a point, but many see it as unacceptable at all. How is this moral issue addressed? Um, that, that gets back to, I think, Andrew, the, the general consensus of voters across America and to a lesser extent in Ohio, it's still a majority that they people do recognize a person's right to choose an abortion that 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 the way things have worked under roe v wade and they want to maintain that um the 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 devil is in the details so i i think in the first trimester you know the people are not saying you have to have a medical reason or you have to have uh, an exception that it's that it's a woman's right to choose or person's right to choose it's just where people trip up and where voters could trip up on an amendment 
is if there are no limits put in, it might be very hard to pass that amendment. I I agree. And I think that motivation is should not be addressed. Like we can't see what other people are going through. We don't see their personal lives or, you know, I can't make a judgment on someone else's motivation and I don't think voters should get to. And somebody said earlier in the chat, I can't remember who it was, that it's not just physical health, it's mental health, that, that, mm-hmm. that the mental health of the mom is very important in these decisions and nobody knows better than the mom about what, what is the future. Right. Says, I don't think any woman makes this choice lightly. Like, I think it's a difficult choice. I think they live a bit with it and think about it for the rest of their lives. And so I don't I don't think people are just thinking this is as easy as like going to get a pedicure or something like nobody enjoys this. Right. We got one of the notes we got said, let's stop making this sound like people are pro-abortion. Nobody is for abortion. Everybody would prefer to avoid this if possible, but but it's still a person's right that we're talking about, which for 50 years the Supreme Court has recognized and is about to dump the precedent if the leaked uh, opinion is true. Um, okay, um, Laura, are there other topics we should be talking about here? What, am, what are we not thinking of? Yeah, I think the people in the chat are talking about the moral issue, which I think is what makes abortion such a charged divisive issue is that it's not it's not a decision for a lot of people like they feel viscerally about about it one way or another and it 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 kind of they identify with how they feel right they are that person um yeah we talked about the test to test results in late term um i do I, i think it's interesting that this is happening now uh, that the Supreme Court is looking at this now when I feel like the majority of ideals and ideas from the population has been growing more liberal. Um, we, we look at gay rights and things like this, that this could be a complete throwback. And I just don't know how long it lasts because I feel like the younger generation is probably more accepting. Yeah, and and we also have done stories recently. The number of abortions in Ohio has been dropping year after mm-hmm. year after year after year because of education and other factors. It's the lowest it's been in a long, long time. But the minute it is prohibited, we're going to see all the problems that we saw back in the in the '60s with people of means being able to get out of state to seek one, and people without the means not having that opportunity. Um, it's interesting. I thought this would be more of a of a in person kind of conversation, but most of the communicating is going on in the chat. I know so. we were afraid we'd have to cut people off because they were going to rant at us, and there's been no ranting. So I want to I want to thank everyone for being so respectful and thoughtful. Yeah, I I agree. Is uh, in the chat are there other topics you'd like us to discuss? I think we've it's been a, been a an interesting discussion. We'll write up a story about how this went. Um, it's it's always nice to talk to people who are enlightened and have decent perspective. I don't I don't see anything, Laura. So I I, I don't think, see anything either. Well, we thank everybody who joined us today for this discussion. I thank you, Laura, for being as always a trusted colleague in these things and keeping me from saying anything really dumb. Uh, a couple more thoughts, because uh, once you tell people we're closing it, then they're like, okay, now I do have something to say. <laughs> but um, Cindy says, what if we approached it from a different point of view about making contraceptives, I think, more available, contraceptive rights strengthened? Um, 
Mayotte had a tangential thought about focusing more on sex education in schools and lessening the need for abortions. That's an interesting thought, Matt. I mean, Chris talked about it earlier, how the politicization of schools, and there are plenty of schools that, you know, don't, that be just preach abstinence, right? Um, but Marianne's has a good discussion. We got thank yous. They enjoy the conversation. So everybody seems, I think, ready to wrap it up. But um, yeah. okay, thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Today in Ohio, a special episode, a single topic about abortion with a live audience response. We'll do this again. This worked out pretty well. 